Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we are now removed from the debate. We saw it happen. Trump didn't show up. Vivek Ramaswamy takes most of the hits. He also gets in some good licks. And in the end, people think that DeSantis won the debate because, well, nobody punched him. When you're not getting punched, it's much easier to win. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything going on, guys, at TonyKatz.com. The, the question before us is, uh, did, how did it move anything? Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I've been looking at the polling, and the polling's ridiculous. The polling doesn't make any sense. These numbers are completely and totally weird, and they're weird because uh, the polls themselves have these weird methodologies you're, you're not necessarily talking to just Republicans. We're talking about a Republican primary. You're, you're, you're talking about nationwide. You're talking about just specific states. And, and really, I, I, I never mind that I find polling untrustworthy. I, I think that in so much of a way that things are really missing a mark right now. What is the fallout from this debate in the state of Iowa? Because they're first in the nation. They're going to tell us. Craig Robinson joins us right now, Iowa GOP. He has run the caucuses before in Iowa multiple years. Uh, joins us right now, knows Iowa, has his a finger on the pulse. He talks to these people every day. And, and the question is, what did we get from the debate? What numbers can we believe? And maybe uh, the real question is, did the debate move the needle at all for Iowa voters or anybody else? Well, I think it did. I mean, I, I again, you know, before the debate, we, we had a conversation where, you know, this is I thought this debate was interesting because it's it's really for who's the alternative to Trump. Like, let's narrow this field down. Who are the actual viable candidates that can challenge Trump or that could maybe challenge Trump? And I think people walked away from the debate saying, you know, maybe it's Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe it's Nikki Haley. Maybe it's Ron DeSantis. And what I'm seeing on the ground, Tony, is that, you know, Vivek and DeSantis were both in the state late last week. Both had really good crowds. Both had really good swings. And so I think it's safe to say that those two candidates uh, did themselves well with that debate. You're talking about DeSantis and and, and Ramaswamy. Yeah, you know, I, I... Listen to Vivek. I, I followed uh, that debate, and I only think at at the very end was he at his best because he got out of the uh, kind of needling and more into the conversation. Even though he does bring up things that other people don't bring up, I mean, hell, the whole conversation of fatherlessness. I mean, that's yeah. that's absolutely massive. And I thought he was speaking directly uh, to Iowa, directly to the Bob Vanderplatz kind of crowd. Uh, really trying to make a, a bit of a play there uh, for an, an evangelical vote, which, of course, Pence and Tim Scott were fighting over uh, as, as, as far as I uh, could see it. Um, but did, did Iowa voters look at that debate and say Trump really didn't show up? I'm disappointed in him. That's going to change the way I feel. I'm going to look at somebody else now. Well, so I don't I, – look, I think if you're in the Trump camp, you might have – I don't think you held it against him if he's not there. Now, if you are not in the Trump camp, if you're, if you're saying, hey, we have to move on, we need someone else, then, then your opinion is 180 degrees different, and I get that. Um, and so I think it matters, like, but who are we moving, right? So I don't know if there was a Trump – if you supported Trump, he did not debate. I don't think 
there's people shifting from him to someone else. And by the way, if they did, I think the only person they might say, well, maybe I'll look at this Ramaswamy guy, right? I think that's, I mean, because really Vivek filled the Trump void that was left in that debate in some ways in terms of being combative, being, you know, kind of how he was on the debate stage. And so, uh, but I don't think people are saying, well, I was for Trump, but now I'm going to vote for Vivek. I think Trump kept his base, kept his people. The question is, is how long can we do this? How many debates can he not, can he skip them all? Can he skip another one? Um, At some point, I think they're going to expect to see him on that debate stage. Talking to Craig Robinson, the Iowa GOP or I-O-W-A, that's Iowa G-O-P-E-R. I think part of the problem is with with the indictments, this is where the conversation of election interference comes into play. If you're going to tell uh, Trump that we're going to put you on trial March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday, you are influencing an election in that way. That's what's happening with the judge on this January 6th case from special counsel Jack Smith. And if anything you say can and will be used against you, anything that happens on the debate stage can be used against him, including a slip of the tongue. So I think he has to stay away from the debates. Well, yes, but I mean, in that sense, Tony, you'd have to stay away from the campaign trail. I mean, you've been to a Trump event. I mean, it's 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 like a WWE event. Nothing scripted. Anything can happen. Um, and so, and I think they would love for him to slip up and get himself into trouble. Um, and so, again, with the debates, I think it's a it's a it's a valid excuse of why not to debate. And and frankly, you know, I if I have a criticism or a concern about Trump today, it's that. He needs to be doing a little bit more in Iowa than he is, because now you're starting to see, I mean, we're in, we're a month into this kind of DeSantis engaging into this ground game. And, you know, Trump's not, you know, he, he popped into the fair. Um, Again, in 2016, they did a really good job of doing just enough, right? I don't know if this is just enough. And so at some point, Trump's going to have to engage the electorate and, That'll be a test for them when they do. I think he needs to do a little bit more than he's doing. Uh, by the way, just so for for the sake of clarity, everything in the WWE is scripted. It's that <laughs> it's that a Trump event can go in 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 any which direction. But you know, all this brings us to these polls. I can take you from the Yahoo News poll up through what just came out with yeah. with Emerson. I'm here to tell you, none of this makes sense. And if I was Trump, I wouldn't have a level of concern at all. Because what I see is that the polling is, first of all, a lot of online polling. You take a look at, for example, the New York Post poll, which has Trump at 61 and DeSantis at 9. That's where it's at. But it's 1,800 people online and 534 of them watch the Republican primary debate. Less than one in three watch the freaking debate. And I'm supposed to believe that's true? No, it's a really good point, and I, and I, but I agree with you. If I'm Trump, I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. Um, you know, and I, I see a lot of these polls as like we're we're so desperate to figure out who won the debate, right? And where, where I think you can tell more if just like look at what's going on in, in these early states. Look at the crowds that are showing up. So you know, I mean, DeSantis had big crowds in Northwest Iowa an area that Trump's not going to be strong in, right? This is where the Dutch conservatives are. These are social conservatives. 
DeSantis did really well, got a big endorsement up there uh, from a former uh, co-chair of the Republican Party of Iowa. Everything looks right from what you see, like kind of he had a, a steady debate performance, but no one really attacked him. You know, comes to Iowa, people turn out to see him. You know, Vivek was all over the news the following days of that debate. He's in Iowa, kind of all throughout the state, big crowds, lots of people, lots of interest. Um, the one that I'm anxious to see is Nikki Haley. Um, did she move in Iowa like we think she did in that debate? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, so, so when, when I first— You've got to get your butt into the state after these big events so that you can reap what you— what you may be sowed in that debate. You know, I I watched uh, the debate, and I watched Nikki Haley, and I remember saying at the end of the debate, eh, all right, and I've gone back over it. I I went back over it that night. She did better than I really gave her credit for it the first, and she seems to have done better when you take a look at some of this uh, polling. The insider advantage poll put her in third place in the polling at 11% Ramaswamy at seven. But you take a look at Insider Advantage and it is 850 likely Republican caucus and primary voters with a margin of error of 3.36. And you're like, likely Republican caucus and primary voters. So is this just Iowa, New Hampshire? Is this Iowa and the rest of the country? Is this Iowa and and South Carolina? I don't know what to do with the number. And then you take a look at her in other places. Yes, she did manage to to click up a, a, a little bit, but it's certainly nothing that's going to make Ramaswamy sweat. It's certainly nothing that's going to make uh, Donald Trump uh, sweat. But are you hearing on the ground that people uh, said, you know what, Nikki Haley did this well, and was it a defense of being pro-life or was it a defense of women in the conversation of abortion? Was it the abortion subject or something else? Well, I think I think a lot of it was um, yeah, <clears throat> strong woman candidate. She's different than the men on the stage. There's there's that angle to it. I think a lot of it was foreign policy issues. And again, that's always a weird place, especially like in Iowa. That you know, I think that plays well nationally. But like when you start looking at how the pie is going to be sliced in this state, you're not talking about a a big electorate. And again, you know, you have this. I don't know. In watching that debate, it seems like most of the candidates that were on that stage are, you know, all for unlimited funding of the Ukraine and all this stuff. And again, I don't think that's where the base of this party's at. And a lot of those people who who are kind of fed up with that, they're already in Trump's camp. And um, and, you know, Ramaswamy gave them a, a, a spot to to go to as well. And so I think Nikki Haley performed well. But as a viewer, as a voter, um, I wasn't really liking what she was selling, uh, if that makes sense. So you can do well strategically in a debate. You can do well for yourself, but I just don't know how well it's sold uh, for her. And that's why I'm waiting for her to get in the state to see kind of how Iowans react. One of the big conversation pieces, uh, we've heard uh, the former ambassador uh, and NSA, John Bolton, talking about this and and others, um, that, you know, if if Trump should actually be convicted, right, uh, Trump on trial, that really might change things. You know, even MAGA supporters 
aren't going to want to vote for somebody who's on trial or in jail. I have seen 0.0% proof of anything like that. Who's talking about the fact that if X, then Y, if Trump gets convicted during this campaign that, okay, the, the, the state of Iowa is ready to shift to somebody else because I take a look at Iowa polling. And while I don't have anything past uh, August 17th, an NBC News Des Moines Register poll, Trump was at 42, DeSantis was at 19, and you have problems with that poll, which I can appreciate, small sample size. Um, There's there's nothing that says that Trump is collapsing in, in the state, nor is there anything that says that Trump would collapse if convicted. What do you hear? No, I, I agree. And I actually think, Tony, that this guy could be not only on trial, but who knows? I mean, he could be sitting in a jail cell, and I think he could win the Iowa caucuses. I mean, in some ways, this is the biggest middle finger people could ever give to the establishment. Of Again, I mean, we've seen this with candidates like Bernie Sanders and Ron Paul and, and those types where – Oh, you can't vote for that guy. They're they're too far out, right? Or they're too libertarian. They're they're too liberal, right? Well, this is this is, and I think there are a lot of people who are like, oh, you tell me that Trump's not electable, that we can't go down that road. Well, let me show you. And and I mean, I just don't. I think there's an appetite um, to to fire back at the media, to fire back at the establishment, and say, well, it's great you think that, but that's not where we're at. And uh, again, I don't see any warning signs for Trump out there. Um, you know, I, I, I he is the front runner in this race, and he's been indicted four times. And the news media keeps expecting, you know, these Republican voters to wake up and say enough. And it's like those people are already supporting other candidates. Uh, what's left there? When you look at the base of the Trump support, I don't think they're gonna. I think it takes a lot. To, to for them to leave, and I don't even know what that looks like, Tony. You're talking about the other candidates, right? What what well, gets you know Tim Scott or Mike Pence out of this race? Well, right. I mean, part of it's got to be the result in Iowa, the result in New Hampshire. You know, when you see when you when when you see the results come in, and there's just nothing there. You know, how do you continue? And that'll that'll dry up funds. I mean the. Typically, the other thing to look at, too, for these debates is is who's raising money post-debate. Well, Trump was indicted on Friday and raised like $7 million. So yep. he didn't debate and then, you know, has this fundraising boost. And, like, this is where, like, the money's important to DeSantis, you know. He, he needs the fundraising blip. Did he get that in the debate? We don't know. And so, you know, these campaigns, they, they can seem well-funded in one minute. But they're so dependent on cash flow um, that they need these things like these debates to to keep enough gas in the tank to keep going. So, again, I feel like we're all – this year it's like, oh, my God, we have to have a poll to say who won the debate, which is new. And it's like before it was like you could just look at, hey, we had this debate and I raised $4 million the next day. And so that should tell you all you need to know. Uh, before I let you go, uh, so I have had a couple people, I, I've asked you this privately and I'm doing it publicly. <laughs> I've had a couple people say, you got to stop having Craig on. It's clear that he's in the tank uh, for Donald Trump. Are you paid for by Donald Trump? Are you on the Donald Trump payroll? Have you, have you even, I, I'm sure you've met the man. Do you get paid by the Trump campaign? 
I do not get paid by the Trump campaign. Uh, I, I am not on board with any presidential campaign. Uh, I am a I am an observer, uh, but I will always share my opinion whether people like it or not. Craig Robinson, Iowa GOP or Iowa G-O-P-E-R on the Twitter Xbox. Be sure to check him out there. Craig, always a pleasure, man. Uh, I have got more. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. I'm telling you right now, if you didn't hear Senator John Kennedy, Republican of Louisiana, talking about Hunter Biden and privilege, it is it is spectacular. There's a reason to love John Kennedy. Oh, his ability to turn a phrase and his recall, he does it. He does it with a plum. He does it with a country all shucks. He does it with a bless your heart attitude. It's so good. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Man, I mean, I'm sorry today, uh, you know, out of the gate, kind of a kind of a heavy, heavy day. But uh, no doubt, uh, a lot of things we had to get to. But this is just, this is precious. This uh, regarding Kennedy talking about Hunter Biden and, and Huntergate being about two things, privilege and sleaze. Oh, listen. First, the, the privilege. President Biden and many members of the media lecture us incessantly about the injustice of uh, of privilege, especially so-called white privilege. But to me, that's like being lectured about gun safety by Alec Baldwin. Because when when they lecture us about privilege, they never mention Hunter Biden, who is the epitome of privilege. How, how did Hunter Biden earn these millions of dollars? Is it because he's so smart? How, how smart is it to turn over a laptop with incriminating information to a stranger? How, how smart is it to try to deduct your hookers on your federal income tax? Um, did did the, uh, the Ukrainian and Chinese companies pick Mr. Hunter Biden because they were impressed with his resume on ZipRecruiter? No. It was his daddy. It was always about his daddy. Hunter Biden is just a vessel. Um, he's just a lucky sperm. And, and the next time that you are lectured, we are lectured about, about privilege, I, I want people to remember that. My God. So... So good. I mean, if you're going to have the privilege conversation, note exactly where it is. What I think is good about this, I mean, never mind, funny and the Baldwin reference and everything else. Um, Do people realize the amount of money Hunter Biden made by having no skill? I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody getting a job because mom or dad has a last name or has a connection. These things happen. They will always happen. That's the way it is. It happens for Republicans and Democrats. It happens for liberals and conservatives. Without question, that happens. But in this case, to totally ignore that's the only reason that happened is purposeful. I keep saying that this is the biggest story in America, and it is. And it is for not only all the reasons regarding possible bribery, all of that scandal involving uh, then-Vice President, but in all the ways our media refuses to talk about it, which is, of course, so much of the story. This is Tony Katz today.
Not everything is uh, peaches and cream in the state of Indiana. Certainly, we're seeing some businesses shed employees. We're seeing some businesses close up shop. As we see over at Inside Indiana Business, we've got layoffs at the Borg Warner Kokomo plant. We have uh, other uh, plants that are going to be shedding. But we also have King's Hawaiian, and oh, I do love the bread, looking to build. And in Indianapolis, we've got conferences that are trying to put Indianapolis and Indiana as a whole on the map. Tony Katz. Great to be with you. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Follow him personally at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick. On uh, the, the Twitter box, the rally conference taking place this this coming uh, weekend. Magic Johnson uh, will be one of the speakers. Peyton Manning, you may have seen pictures. He, he will be a, 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 a speaker as, as well. What is this conference, and how does this play in Indy's growth? Well, it's going to be interesting, I think, and, and to see if this is indeed the start of something bigger. Uh, event organizers, Christopher Day, who heads up Elevate Ventures uh, here, uh, based in Indianapolis, uh, is one of the drivers of this uh, conference, this rally conference. And he really believes this can be Indiana's version of South by Southwest, uh, the big Texas uh, festival that is become this cultural mecca for a lot of people um, uh, over time. He is of the belief that Indiana can be a center geographically, geographically, obviously center of the uh, the country, but also a center for innovation and entrepreneurship and those things that are talked about a lot. And he thinks this rally conference calls it a cross-sector uh, uh, conference in uh, uh, advanced industries, you know, technology, uh, ag tech, all these uh, various industries. So there are going to be people from all over the country here. You mentioned the speakers, a high-level uh, list of speakers, Magic Johnson, Peyton Manning. Uh, some uh, some other high-level speakers will be there. So we'll see. It's at the convention center this week. I think they expect uh, three, 4,000 people, which is good for a first year, but I think they're shooting for something uh, bigger down the road. You know, the, the push to have your own South by Southwest, I, I've heard this before. I've attended uh, quite a few of those conferences. It really is something magnificent. I've usually attended on, on that tech side more than on the – on, on, right. on the music side, it is a almost a surreal experience. Um, but the last thing you want to be is a copycat. Uh, that's seen as as weak. It has to have a level of differentiation. Is that coming from when you when you take a look at, at how they put this uh, together? Um, the things that they're they're doing. Um, it's software. It's healthcare. It's sports tech. It's entrepreneurship. Yeah. Is it that they feel they've got different things that they're trying to reach to? And why? How does Indy make this easier for them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think you mentioned some of those uh, sectors, sports tech, uh, an emerging industry here in Indiana that, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of people who feel that can be uh, a center for investment here in Indiana in in terms of uh, sports tech hard tech, these, these types of areas that Indiana has the assets in place. The other piece I'll mention, which is interesting, there's a pitch competition. That's not unusual. But the prize for this pitch competition is $5 million in cash. 
so that's a big number. And, you know, I think organizers, organizers realize they have to make a splash uh, to get this thing going. And a $5 million uh, pitch competition, it gets people's uh, attention. So we'll be interesting to watch. You know, Indiana, uh, of course, one of the I states, the flyover states. You can go on and on down the list. This conference in White Elevate Ventures and some of the other folks, Christopher Day and some of the other folks involved in this, are trying to change that perception, and they, they think they can make it happen. Talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at, at IIB. Uh, I, I just found out that I'm not one of the speakers, so honestly, how, how can any of this how can any of this be good? Yeah. S- savagery. If, if you ask me, um, bring it over to what you see over there at the Unity Plaza. This is what you've got now yeah. in front uh, of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, where the Pacers play, uh, the amount of money that was spent here. This, uh, this does change where downtown kind of sees its core. It, 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 downtown Indianapolis has really, I feel, has moved away from the circle as their their base of operations uh am i wrong in that uh, you can make that argument uh certainly and i think uh you know to me tony and you bring up uh, you know i think you bring up a good point to me this is a a, a, a critical time for downtown there have been challenges these last few years no doubt about it for a number of reasons uh and in indianapolis downtown indiana in particular needing to get its mojo back if you will uh, and there's a belief that this Bicentennial Unity Plaza just outside of Gainbridge Fieldhouse, they tore down a parking garage there that's opened up, uh, you know, that whole near east side for, for potential development and just visually. Uh, and it's, it's a plaza, but, uh, you know, I think organizers, Pacer, Pacer Sports and Entertainment, has a very, very intentional about making this a place, a gathering place for Indianapolis and in the state of Indiana. And, and whether it's Chris Gall, if it's at Indy or others, feel as though this can be part of a bigger uh, development picture downtown. Uh, $2 billion in projects either in, in the works or uh, in the pipeline right now in downtown Indianapolis. So I think this is part of uh, uh, an important part, an important time for downtown Indy. I, I mentioned that we're seeing layoffs and we're seeing uh, growth uh, across uh, the, the the state of of Indiana. What is the view uh, with uh, we we see where interest rates are. We see where the, where this economy is having issues. Certainly, there's global recession conversations everywhere. We discuss the issues with China and how that's affecting the rest of the world almost uh, on the daily now because there's a new story coming out constantly. What is it that you're seeing? What is it that you're getting told? How do our how are business owners? viewing uh, the rest of this year in 2024? Yeah, I, I think, and I always hate to use this term because it's overused, but the, the old cautious optimism kind of thing. But but you mentioned it in the intro there. We are seeing uh, companies cut back. Uh, little Ashley, Indiana, north uh, northeast Indiana, uh, Tram Inc., which is a, an automotive parts supplier, are going to be closing a facility there. 155 uh, employees affected Borg Warner. Uh, is closing one of its Indiana plants. Uh, we saw Cook Medical down in Bloomington uh, not long ago uh, announce a major layoff. So we are seeing in, in various areas around the state uh, companies making decisions to cut back, whether that is related to uh, you know a possible recession or a slowdown, whatever you want to want to call it. Uh, don't know, but we are seeing those things happen. On the flip side, 
we are seeing a lot of interest in Indiana. Indiana continues to land economic development deals. Are getting they're getting wins uh, in competing for some of these these big economic development deals um, uh, out there. So we are seeing that as well. So it's a mixed picture. I, I, I do think though there are people who remain concerned about where the economy is headed, and, and no one seems to have that uh, sort of that crystal ball to know exactly where it's headed. But companies are making decisions based, uh, at least in part, uh, on where uh, where things may be going this year and next. Well, there's if if anything is an indicator, could it be that casinos and you've got the story at InsideIndianaBusiness.com? Casinos are down the fifth consecutive year-over-year decline. Uh, Hoosiers no longer want to gamble. Well, I don't know about that, but maybe it is. You know, and there are. Um, I, I think summer months continue, or, or typically uh, maybe a, a slower months, but you are right. It continues uh, uh, to fall in terms of uh, casino activity. Um, Revenue-wise, though, up a little bit from the previous month. Uh, so we'll see. That can be an indicator, certainly uh, disposable income on what people will choose to do with it. Gary Deck, InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I appreciate it. Uh- so very much. Uh, the, I find the casino thing fascinating. Um, it, it when you take a look at the online gambling that takes place in Indiana. Of course, when it first got launched, I mean, it was just it it was huge. It, it, it was massive. And then as other states launch, like for example, on the advertising side, like, like DraftKings, FanDuel, all, all those. And and I do work with DraftKings. Full disclosure, uh, I they they are a sponsor of my morning show. Uh, they were advertising constantly, and then Ohio opened up, and, well, they transferred and moved the stuff over there. Uh, so there is a little bit of an, an out of sight, out of mind as they're trying to open up other markets. It's this it's this reminder that you have to keep it going. There's a reason McDonald's is always letting you know, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They're not a sponsor. They should be. They should be. Who shouldn't be a sponsor at this stage of the game? But they're always letting you know, Coca-Cola really needs to advertise, and the answer is yes. It really needs to happen. And then there's this weird thing that, that, that takes place where when, when markets fall, when the economy gets, gets rough, um, people, uh, they, they, they uh, cycle back their advertising. And it's just, it, it's the wrong way to do it. You have to think in the inverse. When things are, are, are not great, that's when you actually have to put the gas on and do more of that. Keep your name front and center with people so that when when things turn around you're the one they're thinking about and even while you know things may be bad economically people still have things they need to do they have they have xyz and abc they they have things they have to go get accomplished whether whether it's it's home renovation or whether it's a purchase or whatever the case may be and you gotta stay in front of people so it's this weird thing that happens on the advertising side that when things are quote-unquote bad that's when you really need to be somebody who is in full gear on, on all your advertising because well, that's how you grab people. And other people, they won't be able to stay in business. You're grabbing market share. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot to this. So I, I, I look at what has happened on the ad side and wonder if that has had an effect on casino life. But really, I think casino life is, is a function of, of this economy. If you don't have the ducats because you're spending all your money on eggs, you're not uh, necessarily putting it on video poker, right? You you can buy a, a loaf of bread or you can put it down on 23 red and uh, you're going to buy the loaf. of well, Most people are going to buy the loaf of bread and, and so they should. The, the idea that 
this economy hasn't had negative effects in multiple places, that it, that it, that it's not being felt. Remember, these are still the people in this administration who will tell you how great things are going. This economy has never been better. Biden should be cheered for everything uh, that 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 that's happening, and that's that is not reality. It's not just just like you know we were, we were talking about what happened in Jacksonville, and these people who were killed in at this Dollar General. It seems very obvious from from the reporting and even from Governor DeSantis uh, that this this murderer. I didn't use names here. This murderer did this because he was looking to kill people who were black. Swastikas painted on the on the gun or what have you. Look, the guy wasn't a fan of mine. I'm pretty sure uh, he may have gone for the Jewish guy as well. But what has happened here is is horrific. There is a societal question at play. I don't say no. This is a Florida state representative. I was talking about this earlier. Does this make sense? What I make of that combination is hollow statements. This is a governor who has done nothing but fan, fan these types of of happenings throughout our, our state. Look, at the at the end of the day, the governor has blood on his hands. He has had a attack, an all-out attack on the black community he, with his uh, anti-woke policies, which we know very well was nothing more than a dog whistle to get folks up and riled up in the way in which it just happened on yesterday. That's state representative Angie Nixon, and she should be thrown out of the state house. The governor is not responsible for what took place. He doesn't have blood on his hands. When we talk about why in the world would AP African-American studies uh, involve queer theory? These things are different things. For noticing that, therefore he's guilty of some guy killing uh, people at a Dollar General? It isn't true. It isn't real. The, the uh, Biden administration wants to tell you that the economy is great. It isn't true. It isn't real. But they don't care. Narrative before everything. I, I Angie Nixon should be thrown out of the General Assembly. This is a disgusting thing to say. And there's been a lot of talk. You heard me talk about it earlier. About the temperature of the room. Right? Where people are at. What they're experiencing. Their, their, their actual worries about things getting really violent and really ugly. It's real and it's awful. And you'll notice uh, even in today's conversation, I'm I'm not down. I am down for voting. I am down for, for, for showing up in force at the polling place. They ballot cure, we ballot cure. They ballot harvest, we ballot harvest. Do everything they do and push against mail-in voting with everything in you. Win wherever it is you can win and then end mail-in voting so you can end the possibility for fraud everywhere. Absolutely have uh, voter ID so you can limit and end the possibility of fraud everywhere possible. That's what you should do. But if you want to talk about raising the temperature, it's not me for noticing. It's people like Representative Angie Nixon, Democrat from Florida, saying that Governor DeSantis has blood on his hand for somebody else murdering three people. It's disgusting. It is disgusting stuff and is completely removed from reality. The Biden administration making this economy better, completely removed from reality. When it is their policies that have made things worse, starting with energy policy. 
completely, completely removed. Makes perfect sense that not as many people are heading to the casino. Can't afford to have the good time. I'm Tony Katz. I think this today, what you're about to watch, is one of the most important deep dives I've ever done on this show. Because the myths about children and COVID, that kids aren't really harmed by it, that school closures were a massive and avoidable mistake, that they cause learning loss and mental health issues. Those myths, and they are myths, dangerous myths, have endured for so long, become so ingrained, so pervasive, that they're not just something Fox viewers believe. I'm sure many of you watching at home have sadly come to accept many of these myths as true. Kids weren't affected by lockdowns. Kids weren't affected by closures. This is Mehdi Hassan over at MSNBC. This is his deep dive. The myth of kids' immunity was not true then, and it is not now. The argument was never about kids being immune from COVID. Whoa! It was that kids weren't dying from COVID. Kids were much more able to be resilient regarding COVID. That's the data. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. That's the data. What are you talking about? We're, we're now rewriting this? Oh, lockdowns were the right thing to do? They were never the right thing to do anywhere, regardless of school or otherwise. Oh, they're gearing you up for something coming. Masks are just the beginning. I mean, they're gearing up. This is madness. I will break down more of this uh, tomorrow, everyone. I'm Tony Katz. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care. Mm-hmm.